Mm. This is an H5 Zoom microphone. They say we can speak for 49 hours. Well, we ain't going to be here for 49 hours. Well, we, we can be out of here by Monday. Well, it okay. depends on, your, depends on your, your, your space and your memory card. Okay. And that's yeah. only a 16 gig in there. Normally, I use a 32 gig. And your name is? But why did you come and interrupt, Stan? Why didn't you tell us from the very beginning? <laughs> is this expensive? Very expensive. What's expensive? 7,000 Rand. Okay, 7,000 Rand. There we are. I had the PR from Botnus. Welcome to the Sampra Talks this morning in Stellenbosch, where Afrikaans is king. Um, you've got a lady busy playing piano over here to set the audience. There's a lovely audience in. And on my left, to picture it, I've got Anton Marshall, former director at Rolling Stone magazine. In fact, we've got a Rolling Stone magazine in front of us from December 2012 that we'll go all the way back to. And then on my right is Benson and Benson. He's got a double barrel surname. Um, a young student, young artist who's been studying at ASE and has attended all the music exchange talks for many years and I thought it important to get different voices. Anton, if you just want to introduce yourself as to what you're doing now, currently, end of 21, beginning 22, just so the audience can get an idea of, of, of who you are and the gravitas that you bring, because yours is a lived reality, am I right? Yeah, I suppose so. Um Aside from being promoted through the years to director, which is good. <laughs> no, um, I was one of the contributing editors, digital editor, and I used to all, and I managed all the live events liaison things for Rolling Stone. So yeah, that was quite an experience. Um, today, 2021, I've in terms of the music in scene in South Africa, I've taken to producing lots of my own content. Uh, as a, as, as a personal interest uh, on YouTube, on Instagram, on a blog, uh, erico.co.za, and uh, yeah, and, and out of interest, and attending things like this as well. Um, yes, you're right, uh, the experience of doing content in the entertainment and music scene over the years, even before Rolling Stone with uh, properties like Channel 24, the Emweb uh, website offering. That was from 2003 onwards, and World Online from 2009. Yeah, no, sorry, 1999. Excuse me. Um, yeah, all of that is is lots of stories to tell there. You know what? I want you to just bank before I come back to you with a question: Is what are artists doing wrong? Because there seems to be an, an enormous problem of oh, the handout mentality but Benson maybe you can you can come in here when you introduce yourself I mean you're a 23 you're a young artist you're, you're starting you know you went to ASE why what are you doing uh, well thank you so much for having me uh, and I think uh, as a 23 year old the, the one thing that I can say young artists are doing wrong is they, they're stuck in that handout mentality. Um, we were speaking before, uh, before we started that one thing, for instance, that people should pay attention to is other people's time. And that is why I came here before time so that I know I'm not wasting the time of these brilliant people that I'm around. Um, and I think it's, it's those little nuances that really set you aside from being somebody who just wants to do it for fun or has an actual plan to make a career out of it and um, right now I've, I've 
I think I've settled in terms of studies. Uh, I haven't finished yet because of the COVID situation and finances, but the, the plan is to finish still because I'm, I'm a strong believer in finishing what you start. Uh, but I didn't waste my time sitting around doing nothing. I, I did do a, uh, an I mean, album now. So to, to, to interrupt, you've, you've watched all the music exchange talks. You've seen the likes of a Michael Smelly, a Stuart Rubin, a Charles Goldstuck. Um, and you said to me before we started, there's such brilliant pointers in there to help forward your career. Why do you get it and so many other young artists still walk around with a cap in hand, help me, and have no clue. Mm. Yes, this talk is brought to you by Sampra. Um, all the details you need to find out what Sampra does mm. and mm. works is on the website. Mm. But people are too lazy to do some research. Why yes. are you different? Uh, it's because I want it. <laughs> I, mm. I, I think it's even more than want. I, I need it. And I think the second you, you come from that standpoint, then you're automatically going to attack the thing and you're going to learn the business knowledge behind everything. You know, what is Sampro, what is Samro, what is Capasso, um, and even further than that, what is BMI, you know, and all, all of the, the bigger corporates and how are they connected to our national corporates and collecting societies and then building from there, you know, just gaining as much knowledge. And I think Music Exchange has been the biggest support for me in that sense. Uh, like you said, Michael Smelly, um, Stephen Werner, I think. Uh, yeah, head of KFM. Yeah, yeah head of yeah. KFM. You know, these are people that we should be listening to and paying attention to. And I think it's all from that point of need and not want, you know, yeah. I mean, Anton, it was very different. I'm staring at this, this magazine in front of me, Double HP's on the cover. We're talking 2012, yeah, our relationship, that's 10 years we, where we go back. What are you finding now? Because as Benson said, it's this problem of, oh, you must help me. Hmm. Artists are not prepared to invest hmm. in themselves. Yeah. Why? Well, I don't know if the gentleman wants to take a look at this. Okay, um, I can't, you know, I can't really speak for for why that might be someone's approach to what is they want to be their career or whatever. But I can't say that there's 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 a lot of miseducation on the one hand about how these things, in this case, media works, how these structures work, uh, like Sampra, like Capasso, like Samro, whatever. There's a lot of um, miseducation and basically ignorance around mm. what it is that these things do. And when you're faced with such a broad spectrum of things to do, if you want music to become your career, you could approach it one of two ways. You could see these things as obstacles or you could see these things as opportunities. Mm. And I think lots of young musicians or lots of young artists don't get to see it as opportunities. Mm. They don't get to look at it that way. Most of these organizations are set up to help you. But if you get intimidated by the paperwork or they're having to go somewhere at 10 o'clock on a Saturday to go and listen to people talk about how to, these things make it easy for you, then you're not going to have those opportunities. That's 
that's what it is. I mean, so you're sitting here, have you got any questions? Mm. Oh. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. And I see this with the, with the plants here across the board. I do not yet have uh, musicians' clients. Yeah. But uh, I started music late in life, six months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm terrible, and uh, it's really nice to know that I'd never be able to ask money for this. It's, uh, it's just a joy. But then I ended up meeting a lot of talented musicians. Uh, and when I'm saying talented, I mean technically they can plug into a band, do amazing outputs. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's world-class stuff. But then uh, some of them can't pay their rent, yeah. as, uh, as we know. And uh, me, having come from the arts side, I'm quite familiar with the situation. Um, and I even see it with our engineers in the sense that they, they do have the money, but they really struggle to commercialize things. And there are certain blocks in the way when it comes to commercialization. Yes. And unfortunately, growing up Protestant doesn't help. I think in some other communities, maybe your your options are also limited in terms of who you're allowed to be. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, projecting projecting forward, mm. as is in mine. Mm. Uh, so, I think what I find helpful for clients in terms of product development, putting an artifact—I like to call it an artifact—out, mm. because if you take an artifact, a successful artifact. Uh, a collector's piece, if you look at it and you have a discussion mm. about it, mm. it explains itself in terms of who created it, the connections it made for that time in that place. Mm. And it's usually also an expression of the technology and the ability to effectively manu manufacture it. Mm -hmm. And then obviously something about the creator itself, you know, his place in, in that genre. Mm. Uh, you know, to take a cliche, we, you know, we still talk about Jimmy Hendrix. Uh, yes, we enjoy the music, we instinctively understand why he's good. But sometimes we forget that uh, Woodstock, uh, Star Sprinkled Banner, you know, the way he basically did a musical flag burning. Mm -hmm. He was a 26-year-old uh, black guy in America at that time. Mm -hmm. And he tore up the American flag. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. shocking. Mm -hmm. you know, it's shockingly relevant for that time. Mm -hmm. I still get goosebumps when <laughs> I think about it. But you see, you you you, you steeped it, you steeped in history. Don't go because I need to bring you on to, to music exchange for for future stuff to come and talk. I mean, you've just sat down here this morning. You've seen us delivering this talk, and you've given us valuable valuable insights. Yet artists all seem to sit there with this cap in hand approach. Have you found that? I think sort of, it's, it's easy to fall on, on either side of the spectrum where you're overeducated and you're more likely to be a good curator than an artist. You sort of you have insight paralysis. Mm. Uh, or you can be undereducated and not be able to articulate yourself properly. And then what we also forget is that there's a basic uh, need for extra cash sloshing around where people actually buy your stuff. Mm. You know, so I think it's, it's a problem one can address systematically. It's a problem that's already been addressed in, in, in other industries. Mm. So you as an artifact, how do you get enough aesthetic distance on what you do in order to make yourself digestible for the wider world? So you're a South African artist, who cares about South Africa? You, know, you have to make money in America because that's where the, where the commercial lines have been set up and the lines are set up to sell millions, not thousands, not hundreds. Yeah. Uh, so how do you make yourself relevant to actually get that amount of cash coming your way? You know, it's a, it's a, yeah. 
There's, there's, uh, that seems like a good entry point for mm. me to try to make uh, another point here, Mark. Uh, when you look at how traditionally the music industry was set up, right, and this, I'm just theorizing here mostly, there was a key difference between the artist, as you're saying, creating the artifact, and the label that signs the artist. Yes. The artist saw what they did as what makes them famous or what makes them money. The label looked at the artist and said, we've got five different ways to monetize this. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you, will, you can talk about the famous 360 contract, whereas it's, you know, going to a studio and recording your music is not what makes you money. But if, you're, if you were signed to that 360 contract with a label, they financed you, but then they made money off releasing that of sending you on tour, on tickets that people sold to your concerts, merchandise. on merchandise, merchandise that you sold at those concerts, your sheet music, your sheet music yeah. that they published, <laughs> whether they sold your song to a soundtrack on a movie, mm. they, those, those are all the multiple streams that artists need to think about, I yes. think, today, yes. rather than saying, I'm going to play a concert tonight at the, at the venue in Stellenbosch, and that's, I'll make the door money. That's a backward way of thinking mm. these days. I mean... I, I look at this talk that we're doing now. There's not a big audience here, but it's the recording yes. that can go somewhere. Mm. I mean, you haven't intro in, in, in introduced yourself. Sorry, you just... <laughs> Hello, my name is John. Hi, John. You know, um, Anton Martin and, and Benson. I look back, here's the music exchange program from 2012. We had Moss Def speak. Now, we didn't record it in those days. Well, I think we did, but the, the tape got stolen. Yeah. Well, then you. <laughs> this yeah. is. Okay, done. Yeah, the one in uh, Longstreet. I still have a couple in plastic. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the cover and the cover was you, Masakela. Yeah, yeah. So, where do you see you're a little bit older than that than Benson, and I'm going to come back to him. Where do you see this art form going now? I mean, the recording is paramount for us this morning because we're going to roll it out. And you've given us some really sage points in, 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 in the moments that you just sort of sat down here and started talking. I think if you arrive at a producer or anybody who is in the business of commercializing, he's going to look at you as a resource. And unless you're, you are familiar and strong enough in your own identity, in your own mm. idiosyncrasy, and you value it enough, he's going to turn you into Britney Spears. Mm. He's going to say there's a market for a blonde person who dance in a certain way you know, sing these kind of lyrics. Mm. He's going to use you as a, as a natural you know, I think a producer needs to work pretty hard to add his value once you have your own narrative at hand mm -hmm. and the means of distribution. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. we're talking uh, being an expert in IP, in contracts, yes. in yes. You know, putting money in exactly the right places at the right time. Yes. Yes. Uh, and especially if you're building niche, which is almost inevitable in South Africa. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, but with niche, you can make 
a nice sustainable living mm. if you follow the the means of production that you're talking about what you seem to be saying is own all your stuff that you're doing i mean billy eilish is the classic example in the bedroom yes and she had songs and then put a team around her i mean benson i'm going to swing to you everybody says no spotify is terrible um it only gives us naught point naught naught but you can't fight the yeah, system am i right need it. you still need it it would be stupid to ignore it and try and act like you're not gonna put your music on Spotify because that's a platform. And again, like you, like uh, Mr. Freeman said, uh, it it is a, a way of putting your value out there and and communicating. I am here, basically. So um, for me, it's I, I yeah I'm 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 here to own as much of what I can and also understand how I can then monetize that and market it so that if I am approached by somebody like a, a label, then I know how to communicate with them and where I stand, what's my value, what's my role, and what's your role, and then work off of that. Yeah. I mean, Anton, you were working with labels back in the day. You've got your own band and that. I'm a young artist, John. Mm -hmm. and I've got this talent and I've got these songs mm -hmm. what would you say do you go and find a label or do you take the means of production as you've so eloquently put it and I'm going to do it all myself because that's what you can do the best advice is to educate yourself mm -hmm. educate yourself on, on as many aspects of it as you can you may not end up being an expert in whatever but at least you owe it to yourself to know the implications of signing with a label, what that contract means, mm. whether or not, you, you know, um, I'll give an example, uh, 2008, somewhere around there, um, I judged a competition, a band competition, which Taxi Violence, this Cape Town band won that year, that, that was their debut year, mm -hmm. and they won the competition. Part of the prize for the competition was a one-year label uh, contract. Mm. They looked at the contract, they said, not a chance. Are we signing that? They were subsequently stripped of the winning that, and the health firms got the prize. The health firms survived the year, didn't do very much after that. Here's, here's, and that's not the problem. The problem is that whatever the health firms did in that year, they don't earn mm. anymore. Mm. They can't monetize it, they can't sell it on, they can't use the band name, the health firms, anymore. That's what the label contract was all about. If they had been educated in understanding what all of that meant, they wouldn't have sold. You know, I, w I would imagine that they wouldn't have signed. If, if I may interject, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, but um, I think one, one point that uh, Mr. Myers mentioned was investing. And for me, if I was put in a position like that, uh, I receive a contract from a label, the first investment in my mind is in, uh, send this to a lawyer mm. to to read mm. and make make it make sense to me who doesn't understand this legal jargon so that i can make that informed decision mm. and understand okay i won't own anything here everything from now on mm. will be in the label's hands mm. and then from there i'm educated and i can say okay rather no or rather yes depending on yeah. what my role is so yeah, yeah. I mean, here's Michaela Kleinsmith, was 
that close to signing a deal with just music. Is it that artists are scared? Did you sign the contract? Um, no, I had a few options and stuff, so I'm still, um, yeah, yeah, I'm still in the process of okay. figuring that out, but yeah, I don't know. I want to go back to, I know the date for me, March the 13th, 2020, I was about to get on a plane to go to Malta, yeah. and COVID arrived, and I could get to Dubai, but we couldn't get to Malta. Uh -huh. What has happened, what have you learnt Let's go January 2020 that you were doing, yes. that you're doing now, that is completely different to your thought process and how are you surviving? Um, you, Michaela. Me, my art, my music, my, my being. You said you've grown. Is that because of just what's happening around it and learn to understand your value yeah. as an artist? Yes, definitely. I've definitely learned to um, not undervalue myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. There's a lot of... Yeah. Um, personal growth that happened in this yeah. time and I think it was very important for me and I think it's important for a lot of artists because you go from a time where you're getting all the time, you're doing a lot of things at once and then this all stops mm. <laughs> and now you actually have to sit and actually reevaluate where you are as, as an artist um, and I think the time was important for me to, for me to understand my value and actually stick to that I mean, Didi, you, you, you're a classically trained violin player, you teach and all of that. How have you reinvented yourself? <laughs> With um, the COVID, the same thing, because, you know, we've been playing every day and busking gigs. A mind shift, because um, there was no income coming in, I can move four or five times okay what now savings done like what now i trained um as a chef also because the thing was now to be um the delivery service thing with the food so okay i need to pay
tables and stuff, just because there's no money. Everyone's doing online stuff. But yeah. now there's three, four people for you, 200 rand. Electricity is not 200. I need data, I need so many things, what to do. Um, so I left that. <laughs> Because um, it was a lot, you're competing against McDonald's and all the same places. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, then an opportunity came to home school. Uh, from there, I got also for last year, September, before September, because you could go back to work in waterfront, but not the same people that would come. And so in the, the back of your head, mm. you have to pay your rent, you have to do this and stuff. And keep up with your equipment, give it breaks. Um, people not gonna hire you, so <laughs> all those things. Um, but also, a lot of personal growth. Um, I do at the moment, not because I'm teaching full time now, not playing a lot, but I do try my best to be active as a musician. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know about the teaching, it, it's a lot. <laughs> I have to adjust a lot also. But I'm still trying to, to keep up. Because mm -hmm. what's the point of it? You've been working so hard just to give up on mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I'm just also in a different mindset. Um, I'm happy that I can. One of my dreams are coming through. Um, starting a music school, inviting the kids. I love working with kids because I feel community work also. And um, taking them from disadvantaged community. <laughs> Um, shifting their minds because for me, late bloomer, just like this, the time I travel, oh my word, oh my word, you're not the only one that's traveling, yes, please, to motivate you as well. And also in the time, looking at my friendships, how I can help them, how they can help me stay motivated, percent just a lot of how to not, uh, not go negative. Because of the time, one can um, go that way. Yes, just trying to stay positive and active and working on projects. Yeah, bring it up. Before I come back to you, Anton, Benson, you're young. We've drummed that in. But um, do you find your peer group helping you? Is there that type of thing? Or is it this all me, myself, I attitude and I'm not going to help a fellow artist in that because one's not actually competing with one another. Art is different mm. eyes, different different feeling, different yes. different look. Yes, yes. Uh, look. One would one would think that people are supportive, uh, like immediately, but uh, I found now with COVID, obviously you're spending a lot more time. If you are, if you have the resources, you're spending a lot more time making content by yourself. Um, I reached out, I, I took it as an opportunity to reach out to as many people as possible and some of them came back, some others don't come back and you think it's because maybe they're, they're busy doing their own thing but then you see that they're actually doing nothing uh, and it's, it, it, was, it was a very strange situation for me but I think um, the one thing that I, I did realize is that you do have to be self-sufficient to a, a great degree. It's unfortunate, uh, but it is a reality. What, what do you mean by self-sufficient? Uh, again, have the knowledge that you need, you mm. know. And I think I'm, I'm hearing uh, the word value a lot, but 
uh, I, the way I started seeing it was just knowing your role. Um, so it's like working in a team, you know, if you know where you fit, fit in it, then you can like squeeze in here, you can shift here, you can, I, I for instance, I know I can make music, I can also be a boom guy, I, I can do ADR, I can uh, also be a part of, of like many other different people and groups and therefore I know what role I can fill in and how I can adjust and it only really comes with knowledge it's like what is a videographer and how's that different from a director how's that different from an actor or actress um, then what am I you know like what is my role and in that what is my value um, but at the same time, I, I don't want to shoot everyone down, you know, they're all good people and I think it's those people that you have to really invest your time and attention into because they've been investing in you, uh, like everyone here is here, you know, taking a Saturday morning, morning out and being here to share their experience and I think that's the type of people I want to invest back into. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the doomsayer, yeah, Anton. Go. Um, <laughs> no, but it. nobody wants to help me. I'm an artist. That seems to be the prevalent attitude. We saw it two weeks ago at the first Bothnos talk. There was a gentleman who came up, wonderful rapper, gospel artist. I explained to him, don't say gospel, just say you're a, a, a rapper. Mm. It will come out who you are yes. along the line. Yes. Gave him my email addresses, introduced him to Craig Parks from Jazzathon, who runs the oh. jazz thing. They have on a Sunday, they have a gospel thing. I got him to rap. He rapped. Mm. It's now the end of the month. We're still waiting for an email from him. Mm. He was on that show. He was going to open yeah, it. Craig, Craig said to me when Craig we finished, I'm going to use him. He's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then they turn around and they say, but the world hates me. <laughs> what do you do? But Diddy, everybody's worked hard. But You're working as hard as Ed Sheeran. Michaela's working as hard as you. But his stuff is all on Spotify. He's only got five followers. He hasn't even got the biography verified and all that, that basic information. Now that is all there. Surely you've if you've got the God-given talent, and it is a talent, I can't do it. He can't do what you do and vice versa, etc. Surely you need to invest time in that. Yes. But let's I think that's under, what she's saying. Yeah. Sorry. Let's not underestimate something here. Let's not underestimate fear. Yeah. Fear is a big thing for, for artists. Fear is a big thing for people of color. Fear is a big thing for, for almost everyone in different ways. Um, what is that fear that you now talk about? Fear of success. <laughs> but you're a success, you're just waking up in the no, morning. No, no, you have no, another no. day, you've got no, 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 to look no. forward to things. <laughs> no. My, my, uh, my counsellor, uh, David Chisler, 
whom I do the podcast with. I say counselor because he's a creativity activator. He says um, some wisdom that he had read from some other guru somewhere was like, uh, and he believes Nelson Mandela possibly might have used this example as well. What the question is, what changes when you fail at something? What changes when you fail? Yeah. You, what you, changes in your life? You get down for a moment, you look, hang on, this is a problem, I'm not a success, but then it's how you get up again. Yeah, but nothing, but, changes, but you but surround nothing, but not, nothing changes in your life if you try something and you don't succeed at it. You're still where you were, at the, technically, from where you began. However, if you succeed at something that, you've, that you're trying to do, everything changes. Yeah. Now you have something else to, to But can I ask you a question? But surely you've got to try first because you don't know if it's n not going to work. You can't say, I'm fearful. Let's try it and surround yourself I'm with people who, yeah. who perhaps know more and can yeah, guide yeah. you and give them a slice of whatever you're doing to try and make it happen as opposed to... This, this why do we dream? This artist you were talking about, right? Yes. He came to the talk. You that, saw him there? Yeah, he came to the talk and this, and this was his, 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 his reach. This was his reach. When that came back to him and said, you've done well, now come forward and do it again. <laughs> Don't underestimate that. That is a huge thing for people. Yeah. And I'm, all, I'm, not, I'm not excusing her. I'm no, no, it's a fascinating point yeah. you, you make. Yeah. But I'm saying that uh, from, from our experience here as well, there were lots of artists in, in Cape Town where we were based, but all over the place that would come to us and say, how do I get into the Rolling Stone? How do I get into One Music City? And I said, send me stuff. Yeah. Tell, me, tell me why I need to talk about you. Yes. Nothing. They, you know, mm. We're talking about lack of education, but we're also just talking about this fear. And the sphere is, is born out of a history of some sort that has to do with shame. Mm. Okay? You've, mm. got to do with, you've got to deal with that, that particular element of, of, of the psychological part yes. of artists where there's a lot, and correct me if I'm wrong, but especially when you're starting out, you're very scared. You're very scared <laughs> of things. <laughs> you're free. You're free. Of course. So, Who am I? You know, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is let's not underestimate that aspect of, of, of whatever. Now, Music Exchange, as a program since 2012, mm. has done a lot to try to show people that the gate is open if, if you want it. Mm. But we still got a way to go, it seems. What, Michaela, what is that fear that Anton talked about? You're on stage, you're singing. Yeah. What makes you get on stage? What is that fear? Once you're there. I, I feel like, I feel like what, what, what makes me get on stage and I continue doing what I'm doing in spite of the fears that I have <laughs> <laughs> is um, the fear of failure is stronger than my fear of success. So mm. I can't see myself in 10 years from now not doing music like I feel like the regret that I'll have mm -hmm. if I didn't get up and do what I love would be too strong <laughs> so, so to preserve myself and preserve my own feelings I just get up and I continue doing it until it works so I'm going to fall a bunch of times along the way but it's going to work eventually 
<laughs> but yeah, I think my fear, my fear of failure and the fear of feeling that guilt of like, I didn't do enough, um, is I think too strong. It's stronger than my fear of being successful. Yeah. I mean, you said earlier, you sat down here and you started listening and started inputting from a totally a business and a brand perspective, mm. but you've picked up instruments because you want to play. Is that? And I was trying to keep myself away from sharp objects. Yeah, but I mean, do 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 people come to you in in, in your day job and ask for advice and that? Is 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 it a thing that? We're too scared, all of us, to reach out to people who know more because we might ask that, in inverted commas, foolish question which would make us look stupid. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm, okay, I'm going to risk an, uh, an, assumption, an assumption. The area between making a living out of something and being really good at it and actually doing quite well is... It seems to be ignored. People tend to look at how do I get terribly famous, terribly rich, yeah. mm. you know, yeah. and I think wow. my favorite band uh, <laughs> wow. is a, it's a very obscure Japanese band, the Soil and Pimp Sessions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for some reason they were at the, uh, the Cape Town Jazz Festival. Uh, I was just so happy to see them. But they're classically trained musicians. Uh, it's a, Saxophonist, uh, trumpet, uh, contrabass, uh, wow. jazz drummer, and a uh, keyboardist. And they're called Soil and? Soil and Pimp Sessions. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm listening while you're talking. I'm going to look up. Hold on. I'll <laughs> carry on. So, carry on. So, what I've always enjoyed about them is that they're, they're confidently self conscious. They, they, they have a distance, an aesthetic distance, on what they do. Mm. You know, they're, mm. they're not locked up into being a rapper, being yes. a musician. Yes, yes. They ask themselves, you know, what do I bring to this genre? If mm. there was a collection of this genre, well, what is my space in that? Yes. And I think music uh, and a lot of the arts can be all consuming. You know, it's very difficult to make that mindset mm. um, into sort of the whole commercialization thing because it immediately triggers that knee jerk reaction of, what am I going to have to give up? <laughs> what do these guys want from me? You know? Yeah. Um, and I think we, look, we live in, in a different time and the music industry gets it from all sides. You know, it's had terrible hiccups and it does have a bad reputation. At some point they were suing people for downloading music. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, we don't know where we are. When somebody says producer, then somebody coughs. Usual. And how I'm going to do this? Just I need to mm -hmm. process how. 
Because um, mm. I, I love challenges when people ask me to play so and so. Can I just like, just I want to, but I don't want to say yes and then I can't. Mm. Like, just can I figure something out? Um, and then to send the song, practice, and even every, like, every second of the day, she will pop, pop in a message like, how far are you? Like, yeah, 20%. Okay, how far? 80%. It's fine. It's fine. And then after that, it's like, okay, when it, whatever people are asking, I'm going to try and learn both to expand myself and not just be, you know, the one. Yeah. yeah, that's why I love collaborating with others. I love jam sessions. Yeah. Um, I can't play keyboard, I can't play a lot of things, but I can learn from you, can learn from each other. And I'm open to learning from sessions in the office. Yeah. Awesome. Growth is very important. Yeah. 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 And growth for you next year, 2022? Okay, I'm doing well at the school, so I'm going to be again next year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, nice. So, also that, and songwriting is also on my list, because I don't sing. I make money by playing, mm -hmm. <laughs> but also mm -hmm. going into that, and I bought some instruments to try mm -hmm. and produce and try to certain things, because beats cost a lot of money, mm -hmm. and producers ask a lot, so if I can do that myself, yeah, you know, you you have, um, I think, we, from what you guys have said now, like that brings me to another thing. But you, for example, you have a a, a classical knowledge of music that I would kill for. <laughs> that is my biggest regret in life that I did not study uh, formally in music. I played in band for thirty years. I played keyboards and bass and drums and guitars mm -hmm. and vocals. Mm -hmm. I don't know a note of music. But, <laughs> but I do have other skills that translate well into whatever it is I'm trying to do. In my case, I've spent lots of years in a career in editorial. I've only recently realized that even that skill can fold very well into my ambitions of a music career, mm. in that that informs my identity as a musician so much. So my content that I produce for the public, combines those things. Mm. That is me, that is who I am. Yes. My music comes along as a parallel to that. And if people can buy into that, that's where my audience is. You're a teacher now, and you're talking about developing programs to teach kids. That's exactly who you are and what you do. And that, in my view of what makes the modern musician somebody that's relatable, Mm. That is what we need to be thinking about. Who, who we are, what we do, what we're good at, and how that falls into the music. Not thinking of us as, ourselves as musicians only. We're, all, we're a whole bunch of other things that, that collapse into that. I mean, what do you see yourself, Benson, as? Are you a musician, a producer, or are you just trying to feel your way out because I've got... Not, I want to finish my studies. That was made abundantly clear early on in the discussion. <laughs> yeah, I want to finish my studies and I'm curious. Um, uh, look, uh, I think it'll probably change depending on who I'm speaking to, if I'm, if I'm honest. If I'm, if I'm honest, um, because I feel like that's how it should be. Uh, but I think right now I would say I'm a businessman uh, because that's really what I think the main focus should be uh, taking it from that standpoint you can then make much more informed decisions on your progress next year my plan is to get into film uh, music for film 
and that's like kind of been the main target and I think focusing on just one target helps a lot uh, but like I said, I'm saying businessman because I know it comes with a lot of other things, paperwork, you know, understanding, collecting societies, understanding other people's roles, I think is a big thing. Uh, understanding managers, uh, conveners, you know, understanding editors and trying to then fit into that again I, I know I'm repeating myself a lot uh, but I think that was my biggest epiphany this year is just knowing your role and finding value in that role do artists understand their value if I come to you Anton you've got a band and you just played in Mariesburg last weekend I want to book you can you give me a, a with certainty a price because that seems to be a massive problem <laughs> Michaela alluded to it now and we'll come back to her the value it is difficult um, I struggled with it for many years why Does that undermine the whole ecosystem? Okay, you're going to do a gig, say for example, you're a two-man duo and you're playing in a pub or whatever, it's two and a half grand for the evening or whatever, you're playing from eight till ten. Got to feed us, transport us, etc. But I'll go to John and Joe, they're also a duo, they'll do it for two grand. Yeah. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. It does So the real question then, actually, not the real question, but a follow-up question to that might be then, fine, if the promoter or the venue owner doesn't understand your value, do artists do enough to demonstrate that value? That's what I was That's going to ask. A brilliant question. <laughs> because I, I want to give an example. We did something with DCAS in, it was the 14th of May at the height of the pandemic. Um, at Youngblood Studios in Cape Town and DCAS gave us some money. There were three artists and we put together a gig economy report at the end of the, at the, end of the night. I fell on my back when I totaled it up. Created 39 jobs. I can give you the report. It's on the Music Exchange website. And that for me was a fundamental shift trying to explain to artists, guys, write it up. You helped pay for the rent. There was a little restaurant in there. All the staff got paid. 
there was food. People yes. sat and had drinks. We yes. helped pay the rent. We paid the sound company. We paid the videographers to video right. it. I paid for my friend to help write the press releases. We helped the guy to, to design the posters. And I've got it. And we listed each person on the thing and everybody got paid. All of a sudden, there's an ecosystem. Yes that you go, oh my heavens, these three artists can create X amount of jobs. Why aren't bands doing it continually? But hang on, sir, we're coming to play at your venue. We will help you with your food, your drinks. We pay some of the rent. We pay some of the electricity because we're bringing X amount of feet into your store from, say, 8 till 10 or, or 4 till 6 in the afternoon or whatever. Are artists not making that shift because that's that i feel is what really needs to happen yes can i have an example yes, you, yes, yes you mentioned last week we took the crazy band out to go and play in mauriceburg and i told you before we went the object for this visit to mauriceburg isn't to make money necessarily the owners of the venue there are some old friends of mine so they're giving us a, de a deal that at least pays for the trip they're letting us crash at their place and they're giving us the meals and the drinks <laughs> and a and we took a little bit of cash from because they sold low price tickets to their audience that was coming and we made a little bit of cash not a hell of a lot but a little bit that happened last week this past thursday i got a phone call from them saying what is the what is the cost of your band to come and play the wine festival in four months time because we gave that show what it needed which was to show them our value yeah. mm -hmm. to show yes. them that we are good entertainment yes. we act professionally yes. and we were there on time and we struck on time and we didn't cause any problems and we delivered a really entertaining product yes. now there's an offer on the table for cash mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to go and headline a festival in Mauriceburg, small town, but there's money. But who knew there was a gig in Mauriceburg? Well, <laughs> you know, let, 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 let's be frank. I mean, Benson, I'm, I'm not blowing smoke or shade in your direction. <laughs> we messaged, we talked about what we were doing. Will you be at half past nine? On the dot, half past nine, he walked in. It makes your whole mind shift completely change. And I think that's what artists also don't look at. Oh, we'll just arrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to fit into a business yes. ecosystem here. Botnus is a multi-million yeah. <laughs> rand business. <laughs> the manager is happy. We are here. We yes. waited to start. We're starting it. We're recording the talk because the value from this goes outwards onto a podcast. Someone might pick up something. I've picked yes. up a tremendous amount yeah. from you. You just sat down <laughs> and started so talking. Much. You know, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. You know, I want your number because we need to have different voices mm -hmm. speaking to artists who to take the fear out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Does that not cheapen the brand when, when you make that mistake? Yes. When you don't know your value? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. And I think, you know, because it's such a... Uh, every day you get out of bed with a knife between your teeth, like, how am I going to get money for rent? You know, it's all consuming this thing of, you know, where do you get your freelance jobs from? And what am I going to charge? And how am I going to... And you forget about the long term. business knowledge you know that the artist should have and should yeah. be paying attention to you know yeah. these are the small things that I think Sometimes they uh, people especially weddings I mean you know you're getting you're getting married now for example they want to give you a thousand rand for an hour the wedding is in booster mm. your petrol is what 600 rand yeah. Yeah. all those yeah. things so you're doing it for nothing exactly. so also when you well my head is this is why we send them a quote mm. yeah. as well. I think even if for your own benefit you itemize the cost involved in doing a show and you include the time you spend in preparing for it, yeah. you'll be shocked. I mean, I was shocked. Well, uh, I started thinking about this gig in Mauriceburg now for this, what's our offer or what's our cost going to be? And I started thinking, hmm, let's put gas in everyone's car to start with. Yeah. Yeah. Saying. Yeah. Let's think about if we need accommodation, yes. what's that going to cost? They want us to bring sound. Well, that's a sound hire yeah. company. They want us to use that sound for two opening artists. I'm engineering that. That's my fee. Mm. Um, blah, 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 blah. And suddenly you think, oh, the, the 500 rand you wanted in your pocket is not nearly enough. Yeah. It's not never going to, you know. And it's, it's, bad. it's bad for you to undervalue yourself that way. Yeah. Well, there, w there was a client so, the, the other day who reached out to me with one of the artists that I manage. Oh, we want to film him for a, um, a film, that he's, that film that they're doing. So mm. I said, sure, give me an offer. It was five grand. I said, no, 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 there's a one missing in front of this. <laughs> plus, plus there's an airfare. 
Uh, but wow. why must the manager come? I said, no, the manager keeps the artist safe. Send yes. me talking points, send this. Then all of a sudden there's backwards and forwards. Send me talking points. It was like, what was that? And now they've come back and they said, oh, can we do 10? I said, sure. Mm. So suddenly it's gone from five to 10 and now they understand the value of the manager yes. being there to make sure that the artist is there on time, briefed, mm. what do you want, dressed and that. Because yes. it's some interview that's part of a film. Yes. But if yes. I hadn't been firm at the initial points of the negotiation, nothing would happen. Because I think we have to understand the, the value that art brings. And mm. I think all of us sometimes, we undervalue ourselves. We're too scared. Let's take this botanist store, for example. It's writing all the letters. It's speaking to the MDs. I came out here on Tuesday to make sure that we could record it. What time are we here? I picked up Anton at 8 o'clock this morning. So we could start bang on time. Because we have a responsibility not only to the audience sitting here, but a responsibility to ourselves and a responsibility to the brand. Oh, yeah, these guys were fantastic. They were professional. They were on time. I don't know. I'm not going to use them again. They were late. They were Mickey Mouse. There was this wrong. There was that wrong. You can't get yourself back out of that. Am I right? It, it's, it's, it's to build yourself up the hill takes a long time to fall down is very quick and you never ever get back up again yeah so what do you charge just as <laughs> no, <laughs> no no i'm joking because i can see where this is going you might be going to marisburg yeah. to do some stuff <laughs> Which could be really cool. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, I've been playing for the Cape Malay ensembles for years, mm. and often I realize they've been paying me the same rate for like four or five years, and I've been with the guys for like eight years. Mm -hmm. Nothing has changed. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you guys have ever been to a um, Malay choir festival. Mm. It's your whole day, but mm. they do not give you money for your whole day. You're yeah. playing for like an hour. I want to go back to your band, the, the Soil and Pimp sessions that you talked about. I've already, sh I've already shared with Anton and Benson. I've picked them up on Spotify. They've got over 140,000 followers. There's a lovely biography there. I'm interested in what they're going to do. So 
these streaming platforms aren't all that bad. No. Look at the instant curation we've had in the last half an hour here, where you've mentioned a band that I, I don't know, and I'm going to go and explore, and I'm going to go and listen. Yes. Yes. But let's say you decide to do a short run for finals. A hundred of twelve thousand rand. I think that's about the, the going rate. No, it could be. You yeah. can put the entire content of that album on Spotify with a QR code on that LP. So mm. it's a tell people to go listen to it. Yeah. You know? Just scan it real quick. We have different lines of consumption. They're not yeah. always mutually exclusive. Yes. So yeah. Those uh, Soil of Pimp guys, I think, you know, that's a Consummate musicians in the sense of they're really doing what they what they want to do, mm. and then because their identity is so strong, people latch onto that. Yes. Friends they have are good friends. Yes. So somebody goes, "Well, man, I like Swallow Film Sessions. Uh, why don't we get them to do our anime soundtrack?" Yes. Now they did an amazing anime soundtrack for. I'm not sure where a studio gig, but thereabouts. You know, they get their gigs, they sell their vinyls, yes. and without compromising on who they are, they're chugging along quite nicely. Mm. They're always playing. Yes. Um, mm. And I think there's this, there's this moment, and this is actually why I brought them up, where people think, you know, how do I get to the fame bit? You know, yeah. How do I get up there in order mm, to get yeah. enough tentacles down mm. Mm. Uh, over enough people that will make it viable in Spotify? Mm. <laughs> and I think that's going to happen in some cases, <laughs> but very few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But I think from the bottom up, it's a case of, how do you preserve your dignity? Uh, how do you recompense your billing? Yes. How do you maintain your long-term plan? But mostly, how do you have a coherent articulation, a brand for yourself that people can identify? What is the world like? How do I want it to be? And how am I going to get it, get it there? Yes. It's a paragraph. Yes. But suddenly, you know, it starts making sense of a lot of other mm -hmm. stuff. And the people you make connections with, you make stronger connections. And that is how you propagate you. The people that you have strong connections with, your friends, they use you as social currency, yes. emotional currency, status currency. They're the guys that promote you from the bottom up. Yes, well, stability. Just psychologically, that's a lot more healthy. You don't yeah. have to go for that. Are you going to be famous next week? What's your plan? Exactly. It's a difficult question, yeah. but like, who are you? Where do you come from? What are your roots? Yes. What are your influences? What do you care about? What are your decisions? What do you? What are these things you want to take forward? Yeah. And how does that place you in the world that you actually live in? Sorry, if, if I may, because uh, this is exactly, I think, uh, what's happening in, in the, the social media environment today. Uh, people are getting famous very quickly and then you can watch every single time they fall as quickly and one thing that a lot of the, the bigger business people will tell you is that it's not a, a, a jump the growth that you're trying to go for it's more hockey stick growth so it's like a slope slowly and then you start climbing and I think that's what we should be aiming for because that's more stable. The people that are with you are real fans. You know, they will pay a hundred dollars for whatever because they know you're providing them with that thing. I think so. there's an amazing amount of mental health options that open up when you have six months of salary in the bank. Yes. Three months. <laughs> 
you know? Yes. It's most of the time, it's like having a spine without the cushions. Mm-hmm. So every hit you take is the, possibly your last one, you know? Yeah. You're ready to get beyond. Yeah. <laughs> so in 20, 30, 40 years, the industry has completely pivoted in terms of its structure, right? Whereas the aim of a band in 1970 or 1980 was to get, or an artist, was to get an album out because you would sell the album and that's where your revenue came from, primarily, uh, then concert touring and all that. But the central focus of your career was recording and releasing an album. Vinyls. That's changed. Yeah. You can't think of that property as as the value of what you do anymore because you have your Spotify's, your Deezer's, your yeah. Apple Music. Your music is a free product now, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. You can distribute it for free, that's true, but you're not going to make enough money off it uh, by sales or stream. Mm. So the thinking is, but being there is still important. Yes. You have yes. to be there in order to be in the game. Now. The artist, as I said, what the label caught on very early on, which the artist did not, was diversifying the value of what your brand is. Yes. Your income stream isn't necessarily being on Spotify, but your income stream can be through publishing, can be through syncing, can be through merchandising, can be through gigs in Marysburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we're playing in Stanford on the 10th. You know? And you do 20 of those a year, it's a baseline to work from, mm. Mm. you know. So, and the one thing we can carry through, which is why I suppose I'm here, from the old industry is that to be in here, you need to have messaging. There needs to be something to talk about. Mm. And what we were saying, that, well, that's something to talk about is what informs you very personally, very directly. You're a teacher. Mm. You're trying to teach kids. I'm an ex-editorial person. I talk about other musicians. That's what I do. And how does that relate to my music? That's, that's the challenge. But one of the, one of the points you brought up, this is a whole ecosystem. Yes. yes. You mentioned early on you've been a freelancer all your life and you had the analogy with the, the knife and biting <laughs> at the beginning of the month. Well, I've got these bills and it's coming. And Anton mentioned fear. I want to go back to, to the point... How did you take the fear out? Because you sit here incredibly <laughs> confident, yes. putting sage points across, yeah. and we see no fear. Yeah. <laughs> you would think that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know? Yeah. But, uh, the other day, my, my girlfriend put her foot down and she said, You haven't been to the doctor in 15 years. I think it's time you need a checkup. <laughs> while, while you're at it, why don't you go to the psychiatrist? <laughs> <laughs>
she was a bit of a cat lady, possibly self-medicating. <laughs> I, I looked at her, you know, at the art in her walls, and it was just witless. And she was witless and flat-footed and overworked. There was not a single book on that shelf that was not about psychology. Yeah. You know, and you go, this is like a diesel mechanic, you know. Uh, it's maybe we're not diesel engines. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we're more like highly tuned experimental jet engines. <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to break the speed record three times and then explode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the artistic temperament is made to breathe yeah. smoke. And I remember it was my, my art teacher at varsity and he, he was telling a story about a guy who he tried to breed crayfish uh, in tanks and he fed them dog food. Oh, and after wow. a couple of generations they would just turn white. You know, nobody wanted to eat a white crayfish. It's disgusting, right? And the reason crayfish turn red is because of all the poisons, it's an allergic reaction they have to the natural food. Oh, oh wow. It's a lot of crap all, all over the seabed. Wow. That's what produced in this color. Yeah. So as artists, maybe we can't afford to be white crayfish. Because <laughs> 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 we, we need to eat a lot of crap all the time. That's how it's <laughs> I mean, we are the canaries in the coal mine. Oh, know? wow. Our society goes for a loop, the artists are the first to go. We are hanging our butts over the ragged edge. You know, yes. it's the reality of it. Mm. But I think, you know, once you start accepting that, you go, you're going to breathe smoke for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, some, some things start settling a little bit. Yeah. Uh, maybe the cat lady is not where it's at. No, but you, but you, but you bring up really sage points. I mean, yeah. what else frustrates you, Michaela, with... I call Cape Town a village. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's incestuous. You have people who think they know, yet their foundational knowledge is incredibly limited. And what Benson was saying, some of his kids at the school, don't reach out. There isn't this, what your former colleague Miles Keelock said, a sense of community of mm. trying to mm. we're all in it together mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yes there's, yeah. there's no sense of community in what annoys me a lot about the industry here is how I, I don't know if we use the word people but like people form friendship groups and then they only look out for each other and you'll see like big events happening and it's the same artists every Mm-hmm. Time. And it's just like, can we expand? Cape Town is full of artists mm-hmm. that are just not just as good, if not better. And like, we need opportunities, and a lot of artists are getting opportunities, or they're going out looking for these opportunities, but it's not it's not on the table mm-hmm. because we already have five yeah. people that we're gonna ask every year <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to do the same thing. It's a fair, you know, it's a I don't know that. I feel like there is space for everyone mm. to perform and to 
you know, Shirley Cross and stuff, but I don't think that we are creating enough opportunities for them to be in those spaces. So, Yeah, I can I can see what you're saying about that because I kind of had the criticism for a long time as well that of um, especially with with higher profile lineups, yeah. Yeah. Um, there used to be a lot of repetition in yeah. in them. Um, well, we haven't had festivals in a few years now, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean I, I felt that way too to some degree, uh, and I don't know if it's still going to be a problem going forward, but. It was for a time, and it's a shame, really, because not only in terms of artists and and specific artists, but also I I've always felt that different high-profile events, etc., were all very homogenous. Yeah. If you went to a metal show, it was metal band. Mm. If you went to a jazz show, it was jazz band. If you went to a, and you know, Cape Town's so small as it is, and now you've got opportunities at festivals where they really could have diversified into lots of lots of different mm. things um, and I don't I've never got the impression that we did that enough you know um, it's just my feeling um, we did an event called Rolling Stone Weekend where I found 10 bands that were not signed nobody had heard of at the time anyway and I figured if three of those go on to something bigger, mm. we've done something good. Yeah. And three did. Yeah. So, who played there? Uh, Crimson House played there. Mm. Uh, the young rapper from Weinberg. Um, youngster played there. Um, nice. So, you know, that's the type of thing you need. You need to, you need to get people, yeah. bring that scoop out. But then at the same time, the artists have to meet you halfway. <laughs> that's but the artists sometimes say, oh, well, I'm on the bill. That's as far as I need to go. Need to I don't, go. Need, I don't mm. need to go any further. Mm. Those days are, are, are over, surely. Yeah. 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 If you cannot leverage the opportunity in front of you at any given time, you're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. And there are opportunities all around you if, you're, if, if you just figure out a way to use them. Um, and I speak for myself, too. I've... I look at the things that I've been involved in in the past and I go, geez, you know, if I take an advantage of that or an aspect of that, who knows where I could be now with my own music or with my own other career, whatever that is. But at the same time, don't regret, just go forward. But is it essential nowadays to record everything that you're doing? I say yes, it is. Can yes. somebody counter that, that argument? No. Benson, I, I mean, I, you have to. I, yeah, I don't think there's a, is a valid counter because what are you losing from not recording everything? Because that's intellectual property. You know, the second you have that, it's it's something you can leverage for maybe the music you've been releasing. You know, this talk, for instance, uh, I'm already thinking this is tied into a lot of the music I'll be releasing. So. It just adds to the ecosystem, so mm. I, I don't think there's a counter for that. I don't know, my, my saying's always been, get the photo and worry about it later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean or not. Yeah. Th th there's yeah. a classic <laughs> example, I won't mention the artist because 
everything else going forward. I mean, I think most of us know um, Hot Sticks Mabuse is 70. He's just turned 70 now on the 2nd of November. And the amount of times I've sold artists, take the pictures that you've got and celebrate it by association yes. to, to put up stuff. Because happy surely birthday. that's what you want happy to birthday. do. You know, all yeah, you need yeah. to say is happy birthday or whatever. Yes. Are we not thinking enough that way as a brand as well? Yes. <laughs> Which luckily I don't. Um, I, I would be asking myself the questions that the tech companies do. Mm. You're, you're producing a complex product and you're making assumptions on behalf of the, the market. Yeah. So usually if you do something like proof of concept, and then minimal viable product, and then a, a sort of a beta release, and then mm. go to something else. And you can ask yourself, what could that be in terms of an album? Because uh, an album is not something that you just record and go, okay, you know, uh, these are a couple of songs that are recorded at performances. Mm. Um, let's just leave them in a, in a pot. Yes. What is the album cover that I want? You know, start with something that's fun and arbitrary. Mm. Okay, maybe I want something that's a little sort of uh, glam or cult. Something interesting. What's the title that can make the connections? You know, mm. it'll take you a couple of weeks to sit around and get the right title. Yeah. If somebody goes and punch your album title one workshop later, eh, doesn't matter. What's what is the list of songs that you want? And you know, what is the dis distribution between the different styles that you do? Mm. Uh, how do you color it in? What are the names of the songs? Yes. Oh, I have the song that I have to, and it's just like a mono recording from somebody's phone. studio hours away from maybe having something. 
Give me an idea. Taking that approach, I can ask somebody rich like Mark if he wants his, his vanity project like produced by Martin, you know, on yes. my album, big in white letters. Fifty thousand Mark. Come on, let's go. <laughs> but if I get what you on the roulette wheel lands, yes, <laughs> maybe, but. <laughs> Huge amount, yeah. huge but amount nowadays. A week, yes. at least. You get a week. Yes. At least. Yes. If you can eat baked beans for a Two week, weeks. Yeah. you know, and produce a damn album, mm. you know, how many? But you see, th th that's the difference. What you just said there. You're going to a studio and saying, "I've got X amount. Can you help me?" Oh, my normal rate for the week is maybe thirty thousand, but I've only got twenty. I'll pay it all for you now. What is the guy going to do? He's yes. going to automatically yeah. go. Sure, I yeah. can help you. There was an example of a young artist who was at last week's talk in, in, at in one city. I said to them, you really need to refine the biographies and this and that. The rate's two and a half thousand rand. It'll be done by a proper journalist. I'm trying to help them and get their stuff into the South African, which I write for. He sends the bog halfway down the thing. They've just had a number one on Jacaranda and this and that. It's all cobbled in there, but the top bit's about a ukulele. And I was five when I started playing music. No, not interested in that. The punchline at the top needs to be number one on Jacaranda. This is what's happening. We sound like this. We're doing this. And there we go. Then I can hear about the ukulele at the bottom. You know? Sorry, you arrived late. Join in the conversation if you've got any points or you to listen. No, no, no. No such thing as, as clever.
but they have no means of expressing themselves. Yeah. They were interested in music. They, you know, they can make that connection. They pay 12,000 rand for breaks on their, on their mountain bike. Yeah. You know, compare that to like, hey guys, Hi. I helped produce this album. You know, yeah. that's a social status they can use. Yeah. Okay. That, you know, why do people buy art? You know, when I grew up, I was always like, you know, it's a, it's the tunnies with the golden rings. You know, yeah. they buy art. The fact is, they're not the ones that do it. It's the Italian architects that are trying to project a future for themselves. They're trying to participate in the future, and in their mm. circles, that's important. Being able to take a standpoint and say who you are. Let's say you, your name is Burizio Molini and you are an architect from Milan and you're, you love South Africa. Yeah. And you've heard some music and you absolutely sneeze at 15,000 rand. You know, that was last night's dinner. You know? Yeah. Well, imagine what I'll give you if I could put my name on your album mm -hmm. and help you produce it. And say, tell my friends that I do actual business with. This is my interest. This is how much I care about the world that I live in. Mm. Yeah. So, so you've done that investment. Would your payback, so I'm thinking I'm sitting here excited. Shit, I really like this. I've got my studio time. I'm gonna, he's going to invest in the other 12,000 Rand that we talked about. So we've got like a 40 grand job here. Could you go back to them and say, yes, we will come and perform in your place in Milan or your yeah. place here in Stellenbosch or whatever as a thank you because it adds extra gravitas to this oak value. Value is uber cool. It's in incredibly important to be a professional at this point. Mm. You know, it's the same guy that spent a painting the other day for his beach house. Yeah. So it's just 40,000 Rand. But if you don't behave professionally, that relationship starts closing. Yes. Then you better and what are the touch, touch points when you're saying behave professionally? Well, you need to get the album finished. Yeah. You need to actually get yes. that money in the studio and produce what you need. Yes. Most mm. people can understand if you. 10-20% short and say we ran short but here's what we've done mm. you know so the next investment is maybe easier yes yes and maybe it's not that person that's investing it's the next guy but you can say we got money from him and we produced the album the next big guy how do you feel about having your name on it you know we delivered on the first one mm. and your reputation is everything <laughs> but I think to a large extent it's more about how do you fit into this yeah. you know like, it's basic stuff like in business I always say what gets measured gets done you know so you're, you're at a performance there's 2,000 people that paid 100 bucks a ticket I'm one of four acts that's how much I'm going to bring in for this guy yes. I want 30 or 40% of that because I'm doing the heavy lifting right and then they go Yeah. A few weeks ago, I uh, shot a music video at uh, Gudam in Kelsenaver. 
lots of Indian gyms, restaurants there. So one of the restaurants, um, there's uh, the Smooth Coffee's place. So I um, asked for deal, um, can we use the venue? Because I wanted to be in the garden, because it's, uh, it's really good. Mm. So check it out. So it's inside venue and outside, but it was raining for three weeks and I've been postponing this. Oh. So last option because of bands also, you know, everyone's busy. Um, last time, okay, we're going to do the shoot inside. And the deal with um, me and Susie was, can we have the venue for free? And you and your husband will feature in the video and we're promoting also the coffee shop. So when the video is up, mm. people can see, come here and also generate an income. Mm -hmm. and because I've showed you on the 17th of December, we also trying to help other people uh, with the art. So artists, yes, and if you have a product, you go for the other wine, from Sunday to have to go, just helping each other. Um, mm -hmm. Also, as an artist or person, thinking how you can help someone and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What other points do you want to bring up before we, we close? I think you're input today has been yeah. sage thank yeah. you for yeah. sitting yeah. down yeah. you know yeah. we need your numbers yeah. because i think there's a lot of that business analytical yes. mind where you've taken out the fear yes for a lot of artists to look at it in a completely different way i mean you were talking about individual investors investing something i mm. manage one of the biggest artists one of the bigger artists in the country no names mentioned um and we did a show in Johannesburg at a place called Snatch 32 and applied for certain funding and it didn't come through. Um, yes, I spat at them and everything else with fury and, and vile. And one of the people in the email strand phoned me and said, oh, Martin, no problem, we'll sort it out for you. <laughs> Big individual investors all put together. It was 15,000 rand. Um, it was five grand for me to get up from Cape Town and hire the car and everything else and be around at the time. 10 grand to the sound system. During the entire show, he was getting WhatsApps and pictures mm. and everything else. And he just wrote back to me, thank you. Mm. I know the job is complete. I know I can then go back to them in yes. six months' time and yes. saying, we want to do something else similar to this. Let's curate something differently. Is that the type of way to look at things going forward next year, to try and get that vanity <laughs> thing going with well-heeled individuals? Well, how books are produced. You know, for the first prints and you have your, your demos. That's what we're trying to do. So it's a, it's a fairly standard mm. way of doing things. Mm. I think if, if there's a takeaway, ask me if I've got anything else to add. I think there's a takeaway in general that I think should be the messaging for all of these talks is for artists who do come along and want to learn something, it's that. There are opportunities or different ways of thinking about opportunities all around. You make, and nobody expects you to know everything. That's not the point. The point is, though, you have to be in the room to get the message. And unless you, like Dave asked me, he says, so you want to do this? You want to take your, your music from recording and writing, which I've done for X amount of years, you want to take that into a live context with all its challenges. How badly do you want it? Because you can say you want to do it, but unless that's fantasy, saying you want to do it. But if you actually do it, then it becomes reality. Be in the room. Come to Music Exchange. Mm. Talk to people. Pick up the phone. 
talk to business consultants. Expand your view of what it is you do as a musician. It's not just getting up on stage and making music or recording an album. There's a lot more that goes into making that very activity valuable. And it all starts with education. Self-education. Yes. And Benson, your point? Um, closing, in closing? Yeah, I, I think, uh, first of all, know your role and value. Uh, second of all, also, <laughs> you know, it's just everything you said. So <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I think you, you hit all the, all the points. Um, and education, again, educate yourself. If you have access to internet, why aren't you Googling, YouTubing, what all these collecting societies are, not even just nationally, but globally, you know, because I feel like we should be expanding like that. Uh, it, 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 it even goes further back down the road from how to run a rehearsal. Yes. You know, yes. what are the best ways? How, how can you improve in, in the minutiae? Like each thing is its own little block. Improve each block little by little. And eventually the whole product becomes, how do you manage press? How do you manage media? How yes. do you manage yes. your, your image out there? Everything, they're all connected, but you don't have to attack them all at once yes. or all as one thing. Everything is a little, is a little thing. We onto this project. Let's, let's, let's work here. Let's work there. Let's I mean, work there. I know, um, and I think it's, it's quite a valuable point. Um, Sipa Mabuse is 70. He turned 70 on the 2nd of November. I have 300, and it's my mate Jason Curtis has said it, I have 365 days to roll that story out till the 2nd of November 2022. You don't need to throw everything, everything at it at once, poof. Today I rolled out the story, because it's timeless, of Sia Kulisi and Sipo in the MTN video. There's rugby tonight, wish them luck, that's the time I can do it, it's now. But I got the picture two months ago yes. because I knew I could use it somewhere along the line. Yes. We're writing for Ayoba, which is a free, free app on the MTN platform. It's data free and everything else. They've gone from 400,000 subscribers to half a million subscribers just on the daily plug that we do. And we do stories. I'll feature all of you along there with short pointers. Yes. And a lot of those things have been in the room. Yes. You yes. know, um, it's maybe a crude example, but it's not. There's Sipo Mabuse's son, Biko Mabuse. Yes. Well, the apple didn't drop far from that tree. <laughs> the kid is 19, he's in there, he's yes. working with dad, he's worked a rap to burnout, he comes on halfway through. He understands that. Mm. But what did dad do? Dad put him through Sacred Heart. Mm. You listen to this kid on this podcast, he's not a 19-year-old. <laughs> he's got drive, he's got ambition, mm. and he pitches up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem before I hand to all of you guys to, to, to close off points. We don't seem to pitch up. I've learned a tremendous amount from today. Anton and I reconnected two weeks ago. We've known each other for longer than 12 years. You know, I used to come with boxes of CDs. It's a different, important voice that we need. I want your numbers and details to come and talk at the next one. Because you've spun our heads around yeah. and if we can tell more people how to think yes. in an analytical business brain to pitch to the guy who's spending 12,000 Rand yes. on his brakes yes. on his bicycle but give it to me for for an album yeah. you know and I think it's taking what you said Anton fear away mm -hmm. 
Yeah. This mm. talk today is not about us sitting in the room here. It's about what's on here, and we're loading it up, and someone will get a point if they if they prepare to pay attention. Yes. That's why Benson was. I brought Benson to come and talk because he immersed himself into all those talks. There's 11 and 12 hours of talks. He said to me, what? After the first one, wow, this is brilliant. I didn't know that. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. It's to his benefit. He's applying it yes. in his day-to-day -day thinking. Michaela, any points to close off that you... <laughs> um, I think I said like everything that I wanted to be saying about everything. I I just think that it's important that like you said, like to edu like educate yourself, go to workshops like this, talk to people like you guys, like put yourself in spaces where um your knowledge is forced to expand. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. Like always always seek knowledge about your craft and about your passions and any point? Um, I think as a person and artist as well, and many other things that we do, <laughs> um, to stay true to yourself, work on yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be beneficial to the next person yourself. That you, if you, you can be great, but then you're not so. I read a lot of self-help books because um, mm. I also have my stuff to deal with. And when I don't know where to go to, mm. um, I don't say something else, but <laughs> <laughs> mm. then the books are helping me. Then I can also open up. Um, but it's a lot of personal growth, growth mm. to do and development. Um, I learned ukulele last year. Um, <laughs> yeah. and Put it in the bio. Put it in the bio, right? <laughs> Thank you all for coming. I think it's been very insightful and there's a lot there to take away if you listen to, to this, what, at least an hour of, my heavens, hour and a half. Thank you, eh?